0: I sat what a shin on a Mayaha shinobiteo. Sasite, what shinobu Ben Hello, yeah, this is Pixel Vegan. Vegan. <laughs> Pixel Vegan. <laughs> Welcome to Pixel Vegan. No, Pixel Vision. I'm Tayah. I'm Ben.
1: We are going to be talking about Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice.
0: Yeah, when, whenever I've told people what game I'm playing for the last few weeks, I never include the bit that comes after the colon, Shadows Die Twice, because I just think that is a terrible name. Just leave it at Sekiro. That's a cool sounding name. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. Not for me. Yeah,
1: I agree. It's a It's a massive trend. It's basically... Franchising, isn't it? It's like, this is going to be the first one and we're going to introduce subsequent ones. And they're all going to have a different tag after the colon. Mm. Although if they were being honest, it would be shadows die multi millions of times and then lose the will to ever live.
0: Whoa. And this is coming from a guy that's played it for 40 hours. So <laughs> you felt like you were losing the will. Did you? Yeah. Ben is so rubbing go- his nose. Like he's got a migraine as I look at him right now. But, by the way, everyone <laughs>
1: I didn't lose the will per se. It was more I lost the patience, let's say. If I'd have had more time that I could willingly kind of sacrifice in the way that this game willingly sacrificed my player again and again and again, then I, I might have spent a little bit longer, more persistently. But to be honest with you, um I found it really frustrating. Anyway, give us a summary, Tao. Give us your Taumon a log. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, well, Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, I suppose it's a third-person action game with an emphasis on precision controls and boss battles, so each area is not small. You could probably, like, draw out the whole game on, like, a map and, like, look at every area. Like, I can remember really well every area that I've been in the game because you spend so long in each area, but it's not necessarily because it's big. It's just because it takes you a long time to master it. And exactly the same with the boss battles. Like, you'll get to a boss battle and it'll take you a long time to complete it, so you'll feel like you know the area surrounding it really well.
1: It's definitely boss battle-based. (laughs) Three, I think it's probably worth mentioning from Software and their prior friends. Yeah, I
0: mean, I I I didn't quite play Dark Souls to completion, uh, frustratingly, because I would love to, I just haven't gone back to it. But I, I played the bulk of the game, like, probably 70 hours. If you're a good player, you should be able to complete it in that time.
1: What? You always say it's one of your favourite games. You haven't even completed yeah, but the I think,
0: damn thing. Oh, I was close. It was just this one bit I couldn't do. And then I left it too long, and then I was in the thing. Oh. Anyway, let's not go into that. But I do love the style of game because is there a game which you've played which has given you a bigger adrenaline rush, would you say?
1: Yeah, I would say most games.
0: <laughs> really? Oh, you do get adrenaline rush pretty easily. I mean you get adrenaline playing risk, so
1: <laughs> Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. I'm not known for having a sort of equanimous disposition. I don't even know if that's a word. sounded good equanimous equanimous i know what you're getting at or what you seem to be getting at which is that you're putting so much effort in that when you eventually get it then you feel godlike or whatever exactly and it's interesting that whole concept i find interesting because in truth when i eventually got the bosses i felt like i'd fluked it like i felt like Mm. if i did it again. Like, I wouldn't want to do it again, because it would probably take me another four or five attempts before I managed to get the boss again. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was because I'd
0: mastered the boss that I managed to win. It felt like i got lucky in that attempt. <laughs> that is a really interesting point, because, like, you do that combination of skilling up or skilling up and gaining Direct experience at doing the boss, and so you're better at fighting them. Plus, that lucky run when they just don't do their really strong attack like too many times in a row, or that thing which they do, which is annoying too many times. You're right, it's not completely skill based, like you could be the best player in the world. Oh, actually, it's not true. If you're the best player in the world at Sekiro, you are doing every boss first time, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, and like I watched some uh,
1: YouTube videos of guys doing it and they just absolutely mastered it. They must have played for hundreds mm. of hours because every boss they seemed to know what attack was coming, when. Like you'd see people do 100% deflections on bosses that you're thinking like, that's just not possible.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but for the average player obviously that's that's not attainable. So you do need that little bit of luck as well. But I like I like it all the more for that. Like, I don't think you can just get lucky or just play it enough to get better. It's the combination of the two. I find that really exciting.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk through it a little bit in terms of the mechanics then. So I mentioned Deflect there, mm-hmm. which is so previously, as, as I understand it, and like I say, I, I only played Dark Souls for a very short period and I certainly didn't play any of the sequels. But as I understand it, Dark Souls was kind of famous for like trying to avoid being hit with dodge. Like everyone always says dodge out of the way, dodge out of the way. And it seemed like that was like a big element of Dark Souls was to avoid being hit. In a way that this game rewards you for being aggressive, but you need to know how to deflect. Yeah. Like that is critical. You need to be able to when someone strikes basically the deflect mechanism is when someone attacks you at the moment the blade strikes you um, or would strike you you have to push a counter button hmm. which was lb for me on my controller was absolutely nightmarish to use and then i read some tip that said put it on your x button and as soon as i did that the game became about half as difficult that one
0: yeah.
1: remapping of controls
0: yeah i didn't look it up but i i just did that myself i like played half an hour with the button and i was like this is ridiculous i changed it to my trigger
1: All right bragging
0: sorry <laughs> didn't mean to brag <laughs> but no i just i meant to support like i don't know why they're putting it on the button what a horrible button to have that deflect on yeah agreed that um but yeah fortunately the key mappings are in there don't know if you could do that on the um on the console
1: not sure either Yeah, and then the other kind of basic mechanic is just attack, which is RB. And you would just swing your sword. Simple as that, really. As the game progresses, you kind of unlock new skills. But I honestly found myself almost never using those. There were occasions where I would use like a whirlwind attack or something like that, um, which is where your player would like leap forwards and swing both blades the game makes out, like, these things are going to really be advantageous. <laughs> but and I, I just also only lets you assign one attack at a time, pretty much. So, like, if you're using the whirlwind attack, all the other skills, that, all the other
0: combat arts that you've unlocked, you can't really use, uh, which is a bit weird decision. There are certain bosses where I found uh, the one where you leap, where you leap forwards towards someone. Um, and attack them. Re- really, really useful. Like, almost felt like I was cheating on the on the boss. I found it so useful, in fact.
1: Was it n- Nightjar Slash or something?
0: Nightjar Slash. Yeah, good memory. I used that one loads. I just
1: remember them using it on me <laughs> and being so annoyed. Those goddamn Nightjars. <laughs> uh, quickly, before we, before we, like, progress too far, how far did you get? Because mm. I basically played for 40 hours, and in that time... I got what I imagined to be about just over halfway through the game. Mm -hmm. But basically, the moment I stopped was because there were three bosses that I could have fought to progress. And I'd already fought all three so many times to absolutely no avail. And whereas normally in this game, if you're struggling, you can kind of go somewhere else, unlock a new area or like discover a new area, skill up a tiny bit and then take on a new boss or and return later on when you're feeling a little bit more capable and a little bit more experienced at this stage I just didn't have the op- option to do that I had these kind of three places I could go and I felt like I'd done all of them to death literally mm. yeah and unfortunately one of those bosses I think it was Genichiro and this isn't a spoiler I don't think but essentially what once you defeat him as I understand it, though I didn't get there, the game opens up again, mm-hmm. and kind of you get to a whole other bunch of areas which I never encountered. Mm. How about you? Where did where did you get to?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I I feel like I've hardly touched the surface. Like I just uh, As, as you know, outskirts, which like you said to me is the the starting area. So like maybe I've done like seven seven or eight bosses or something like that. Yeah, so I've only just had that feeling of the game really opening up, because until this point, it's been very linear. And then as soon as you get past the castle gates, it's like, not only is there different areas in which to go, but like the verticality of the game opens up as well. So you feel like there's different levels, both up and down, which I really love. Yeah, that was probably my favourite mechanic in the game,
1: actually, is the grapple.
0: Mm. Just because
1: it meant that you could approach a lot of different fights and a lot of different environments from a number of angles.
0: Yeah, it's worth saying that it's it's kind of two games disguised as one because killing all of the normal enemies, it's, it seems to me to be all about sneaking and all about stabbing them in the back in the most efficient way possible. Um, whereas the bosses, it's more like a, a duel where you're forced to parry and everything. But in the actual, it, with, with the smaller enemies, you're not or oh, certainly I wasn't forced to do that that much, unless you made a mistake. Yeah. In which case you could just run away and then approach again in a sneaky way.
1: Yeah. So the way the the battles tend to go um, is that you kind of, either you sneak up, as I just described, uh, approach from behind and you kind of do a silent execution, which if you can stick to the shadows and avoid being seen, mm. works pretty well. Or you, engage, you find yourself engaged in a battle, at which point um, if they hit you, they're going to take off probably half of your life at least with one hit. Yeah. And kill you within two or three hits max, really. So it's essential that either you master deflections, parries, if you want to call them that, or dodge is another option. You can also jump out of the way. Jumping, I always found a bit risky because the enemies seem to sort of glitch a little bit and always manage to catch you in the in in the air.
0: It's really hard to get right. I practice loads. There's a there's a little guy. I guess he's undead at the beginning. Yeah, he's he cool, Oh, is it? That <laughs> he allows you to practice your fighting moves on him, and he's just you just kill him over and over and over and over again. And I actually, after finding the first area really difficult, I actually did go back and just practiced on him loads, and that I found that really helped.
1: I did the same thing, but I found him to be a really poor representation of how enemies actually attack you in the game. He kind of gives you a lot of cues before he makes his moves. They're all quite spread out. As soon as you hit him, I think three times, then the training is over, which is really Mm -hmm. annoying because it means you have to go back through the dialogue tree to get back into the training. And if you're planning on training for a fair amount of time, that's irritating. So you end up just, um, well, what I ended up doing was while I was training with him, like basically just training deflect and um, dodge. And then whenever I had the opportunity to hit him, I knew that I could have, but I chose not to because I didn't want
0: to end the training. <laughs> I definitely practiced my counters on him as well. Like the Mikiri counter or whatever it's called. The one where they stab you because so many yeah. enemies tried to stab you. And it's worth saying that there there is like a, a symbol which comes up on the screen, which alerts you to the fact that they're either going to get you with a stab or get you with a sweep. And then once you learn the enemy's animations, especially bosses, because you'll see them enough times, I felt like you do get a, a feel for exactly what they're going to do before they do it. And then it's just a matter of pressing the right button. I said just, it's really difficult. <laughs> so those are called perilous attacks.
1: Yeah. And they are perilous as hell. Like if you get hit with one of those, there's a good chance you're going to die. Mm. There's another one called grab as well. Yeah. So they like grab you, thrust or sweep. The game wants you to jump over a sweep. Yeah, Uh, to either counter with this Makiri technique. It's a
0: rock-paper-scissors scenario, isn't it? It is,
1: exactly, yeah. Um, And it feels as random as rock-paper-scissors, to be honest, I felt. Like, some enemies you you got a sense whether it was going to be a swing or a thrust, but sometimes you'd see the symbol and you would feel like there was very little by way of animation, or at least very little time to kind of recognise the animation and then respond appropriately.
0: That's fair. It was really unforgiving
1: in that regard, I thought.
0: Let's hear your approach to bosses then, because I'm I'm quite interested to hear, hear, like, so you've just reached a boss, you didn't necessarily know they were going to be there, they've killed you, and you're like, okay, here we go again, I'm going to run back to the boss and see if I can kill them. What do you do on the second run after they've got the jump on you the first time? Well, because I hadn't played as Souls-like before,
1: my actu- my first approach was, because I obviously encountered, there's a boss quite early on, I say quite early on, is basically in the second area, sort of within about 40 metres of starting the game. He was kind of a mini boss, a general who stood in a courtyard, and he just looks like any of the other enemies. And I didn't realise at that stage that he wasn't any of the other enemies. So I snuck up on him, jumped down from above, got myself death blow, and then um, he just threw me off and proceeded to batter me. Um, <laughs> at which stage, I was like, oh, okay, uh, he's a bit tough. I'll avoid him. And then proceeded to the next area where I killed sort of three or four people before there was another little guy that I, again, I didn't really realize was a boss, attacked and then was like, got demolished. And I was like, right, I'll avoid him. So I managed to get through the first two areas without <laughs> really it. fighting any bosses.
0: I love that you were avoiding them.
1: Well, cause I didn't realize, I thought maybe it required me to skill up a bit first. And so I went to the next area where I think I got destroyed by a few mobs. And at that stage, I was like, okay, maybe actually I'm just meant to be better at this already. <laughs> so that, that at that point, I kind of went back and did a bit of training, went back to that first area and thought, right, I'm going to take on this little general. He defeated me a bunch of times. My approach tended to be hold guard. So the theory is the game teaches you that if you hold guard, then you can't be hit unless your posture is broken. Yeah. And so as well as your health bar, you have a posture meter in the game and as your posture turns red when it fully turns red and fills up then your posture your stance will be broken and you will be in defense in undefended and indefensible at which point if they attack you again then they'll really hit you hard mm-hmm. but it teaches you that if you've got your guard up then you'll be able to block any attack except for perilous attacks which you have to get out of the way of yeah and so my approach tended to be like hold guard (laughs) and wait for an opportunity to swing and that worked on the first couple of bosses but not even that not really i wouldn't say because Hmm. their perilous attacks just catch you by surprise so much Hmm. i mean it's weird because when once you've beaten a boss then in your head you kind of make the boss seem easier So, like, when you're looking back on it, you're like, oh, yeah, it wasn't that hard. Like, I pulled off that thing by doing this other thing. Yeah. But when you're actually facing a boss, it seems like you basically need the luck of the gods to to defeat them.
0: Yeah, like my favorite one. (laughs) Oi, oniwa, kaiobi masataka onawi. Do you like him? (laughs) I don't even know what you're talking about. Did you actually learn what he says? (laughs) <laughs> no, nah, I just copied like what it sounded like. Oh, right. oh did you play with subs or dubs? <laughs> no, no, yeah, I played with subtitles, of course. Oh, ah, cool. Yeah, okay. nice. I didn't even
1: I didn't even realize you could dub the game. To be honest,
0: I was kind of hoping that you'd changed it over to the English voice acting because the difference between the Japanese version and the uh, English version is really funny. I think. <laughs> We go now to risk our lives for Lord Ishing and the peoples of Ashina. We
1: are Ashina. We are unbreakable. Yeah.
0: Sorry, getting off track. Um, so it's I mean it sounded like you had a, had a pretty good approach to bosses because, from my understanding, the mistake people make is by not observing the bosses enough so like the first thing or the second thing i always do is just see how effectively like don't even try and attack them just dodge them like just dodge them until i can dodge them forever and then when i can dodge them forever then i then i try and attack them and find spaces to attack them yeah, um, and it's like it's the most cowardly way but I definitely think it's the most effective way as well
1: yeah I mean maybe that's a good tactic I didn't have that kind of approach I, in general I'm quite like an impatient person when I'm gaming I kind of encounter the boss and once I've been fighting them for say 20 minutes I'm like seriously what I want to get to the next area <laughs> uh, and most of the time th- um, that was manageable because you could just avoid the boss but a lot of the points in the game you basically end up in a choke point where until you defeat boss x you don't encounter area y <laughs> <laughs> to use this algebraic <laughs> analogy <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah you for instance there's one that's this giant bull that um is essential to defeat to kind of open up the map at all
0: yeah that boss is a horrible boss i almost i almost feel like they're uh, from software i love them but they were taking the piss with that boss because there's a there's a boss in dark souls which is um which is infamous for being like and he's even a bull like i'm sure he's a bull in dark souls like he's not uh, yeah he's got horns anyway maybe i'm chatting shit but um but it's in a really small confined area and there's two little dogs uh, which is, like, you've got to kill the dogs first because if you focus on the boss, and the dogs are going to kill you. And you need so much luck to be able to, like, get past the dogs. And, like, and it's exactly the same thing with that bull, where there's, like, two people. And sometimes the bull doesn't kill the people, and then you're, like, you're trying to avoid the bull, and then the people kill you, and it's, like, yeah. you bastards. <laughs> so, yeah, the bull was, like, un really, really unfair. I totally go with you on that one. They're They're just... They're just twisting the knife with that,
1: uh, mate. <laughs> I feel like there are so many bosses that were worse than that
0: bull. <laughs> really? Oh, well, I haven't yeah, got to them yet. So many. I can't wait.
1: But yeah, so basically, you get through that bull, um, and that's kind of a choke point in an arena. Once you get past it, then you find yourself in the castle, and the castle area is probably the most expansive area in the game. It links to multiple different other areas to explore, and it's also got that vertical landscape as well, so you can go up on all the roofs and work your way up, yeah, like, into buildings from different angles, which is really and...
0: fun in itself, isn't it? It
1: is cool, yeah. Even though that is where they introduce another regular enemy called a nightjar, who is <laughs> when I first encountered a nightjar, I just got lucky, and um, first of all, I death blowed one, then I found another one, and like just beat it down with attack like almost effortlessly and i was like oh this is probably the easiest mob little did i know turn the corner one just comes out of nowhere screaming from the sky like <laughs> smashes into me and then uh, mm. as soon as you're fighting one that's had the time to kind of take you on they, they've got some serious attacks on them yeah, yeah. they They're can decent. absolutely smash your health The other thing that I feel like we haven't mentioned, but is critical to my annoyance, but I'd be interested to know what you thought of it, is that I get that the game is like, look, these bosses are hard. They're gonna require rinse and repeat. They're gonna like take practice. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't give you the opportunity to do that easily. Like your spawn point is usually miles from the boss, past a ton of mobs. And it takes you, in some cases, like a good few minutes and multiple battles before you actually get to the boss that you're then meant to, you know, train on, essentially. And I found that so Mm. insulting as a player. I wouldn't say that's good game design, if I'm
0: honest. It's a totally fair point. Um, I haven't had that experience with the game yet, like, so far. Certainly compared to the other games, I felt like the trick, back to the boss has been really generous it might take 30 seconds or a, mi- or a minute or something like that but i'm happy with that but yeah like if it's if it's too long like if i was if i was spending five minutes to get to a boss which there are points in dark souls where you have to do that you know it, it, it is too much however in order to have that sense of danger and uh, com- like completion and satisfaction like i really want that when i'm facing when i'm facing a boss I want to know that, like, I have to do this, otherwise there is, like, a genuine penalty for loss. Like, every time, like, I want that penalty and the risk of that penalty being imposed on me.
1: But this is something that I feel like people's approach to a From Software game is so different to their approach to any other game. Like, as a gamer over the last couple of decades... One of the pet hates I see again and again and again is when there's a boss battle and there's a cutscene before the boss battle and the cutscene lasts like 20 to 30 seconds or something mm-hmm. and then you have the boss battle and when it reloads, it reloads before the cutscene and it's like unskippable and people go nuts about it. They're like, annoying, I have to do that every time I'm fighting the boss and usually the bosses are a fraction of the difficulty of a from software boss and in this instance, it's often longer than that and you have to churn your way through some mobs to get there, and everyone seems to just love it. They're like, isn't this genius design? It's like, no, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't go as far as say it's genius design, but what I would say uh, Front Software has, which a lot of other games don't, is that I always feel like it's my fault. Like, if it, it's my fault for not being good enough as a player that I'm unable to do this boss, like... The, the rules the rules are there, I just have to be able to execute them.
1: But I just don't think that's true, though. Yeah, not fair. It, I, I don't
0: think it's true. Like, so
1: often, when you're playing, you think, right, you can see the sweep coming, you jump, and you're, like, way out of the range of the sweep, and somehow the boss just, like, reaches you. And you're like, there's no way that would have happened. Or a Makiri counter, and you feel, like, really smoothly, you've nailed it, and instead you character to just
0: walks onto the sword. But but we've we've already said that you can watch people do it online, be absolute masters of it, and if 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 it's possible to be like that, then there's every stage in between, as well. Yeah, like although
1: I, people only put up edits where they nail stuff,
0: they're not going to put yeah, up an edit of true, them doing well. it forty-five times first. But I do feel like it's like a musical instrument, like you know the order in which you're meant to play the notes and the speed that you're meant to do it at and the intonation of each you know those notes it's not the notes that are complicating it that's complicated it's just the execution of those notes in that exact way right. i feel like the like practice makes the same difference as it does with an instrument as it does with a from software game <laughs> just quite high praise but i genuinely feel like that even if that is true i think practicing an instrument
1: for tens of hours has a value whereas a game insisting that you skill up in their game that you're then going to finish at some stage, or not finish, depending on the case may be, it, like, is is kind of bizarre. <laughs> yeah. While we're talking about mechanics, though, there are a few other software decisions that I just thought, this is weird. Go on. In 2019, which I think is when the game came out, is it 2019 or 2018? I think it's 2019, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I think so, last, early last year. It's kind of mad to me that you can't pause a uh, cutscene. Did not realise that happened twice started the game literally the first one someone rang the doorbell i was like oh just quickly pause this hit the button just skipped it straight into the beginning of the game i was like no i'm not done in the story
0: precious story fragments lost
1: yeah so i quit out and rebooted and then uh w- watched through that one played uh i don't know the first 15 minutes of the game or something and then there's another cutscene. There aren't that many in the game, actually, but at the beginning, there's a couple that kind of establish a bit of story. Got to another cutscene, and then someone started talking to me, and again, I hit thinking just reflexively hit pause and skipped it and I was like oh man this is so annoying and then I looked it up to find out what the key was because I was like there must be a button I'm just pushing the skip button or something by accident there really isn't and so many people are kicking off about not being able to pause their cutscene so that was one minor issue I had and (laughs) as a result of that issue I encountered another one which is when I accidentally skipped the first one and wanted to quit and reboot there's no quit game button in the menu
0: you have to go back to the main menu yeah,
1: you have to go back to the main menu and then quit and <laughs> I love it it's just like I love it. why are you doing that it's like the it's like everything about this game adds steps that should not be there to do things that you don't want to do <laughs> yeah
0: I, I don't have an answer for you on that one I, I thought the same thing I was like why do I have to go back to the main menu just like all the other from software games I played it's like a signature move of theirs. Who knows? But that's just bad design. That's just bad design, right? Like, I, I, I don't
1: remember the last pl- time I played a game where I can just quit the game. I don't understand why. Like, it's, it actually takes quite a long time. Like, it loads the title menu. Like, that's, that's how annoying it is.
0: Oh, jeez. <laughs> Come on. So did you feel satisfied when you defeated a boss after half an hour of, like, rubbing up against it? I felt relieved that I defeated a boss.
1: Maybe I felt a bit satisfied,
0: if I'm honest. Uh, it's in- it is interesting because the, the horse guy was probably the one that I was stuck on the longest. And in the end, I did it and I was like, oh, I, I should have just been holding uh, Parry this whole time. Which is clearly what you were doing from the start because that is a really good strategy with that guy. But because, because my whole style was more about like jumping about and like trying to deflect... I never, I never held down Parry really hmm. until I had, I was like forced to as a strategy for that boss, and then, and then I did it like relatively easy. Yeah. But like when I finally killed him, I was like, yes, so pleased.
1: So this is a boss who emerges into a massive empty battlefield that you yeah,
0: find yourself it's on, awesome. riding
1: a horse, and then charges you down, which is a so unfair.
0: Because you're very much on foot.
1: Yeah, and it's it's pretty near the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah. Although prior to that boss, <laughs> you encounter another boss, uh, which is the ogre. And oh my word, that ogre, ogre by itself was almost enough to make me give up playing the game when I burst. And that started. is
0: really near the start. That's what I, I'd I'd call him the first proper boss. Yeah, game,
1: for sure. And he did this thing where he would grab you and once you grabbed you'd he like smash you into the ground or throw you. <laughs> And it's right next to a cliff, so he could easily just throw you off the cliff if you weren't lucky. And if he slammed you into the ground, you just couldn't get out of his grasp. In hindsight, that was quite an easy boss because you spawn right next to the boss. You only have to yep. kill two other or three other mobs could, to get to could him. Could I just
0: say those those two guys that you do have to kill before killing him died so many times. I always feel sorry for the enemies that are like, ah, you don't you might not only might only have to go one and two to get to the boss, but those one or two will die a lot of times (laughs) and you will be taking out all of the anger that you feel towards the boss on those two fellas.
1: Yeah, that's so true. One thing I just realised I mentioned, which we actually haven't touched on is the sculptor's idols. Uh So those are basically a game mechanic, uh, which is like the beacon in Dark Souls. Is it called the beacon? Bonfires. Bonfires. Bonfires, that's it, yeah. You can rest at them and that will recuperate your health. It restores your use of resurrection, which is like, obviously, when you die, you can resurrect mm-hmm. um, once, I think it is, to begin with. And then you kind of unlock other resurrects. But the same as in Dark Souls, when you do reach one of those beacons, Bumpers. it doesn't save your progress in terms of enemy deaths. It just resets all enemies. yeah, Except for bosses, obviously. There's no, like, thematic explanation for that mm. mechanic whatsoever. It just kind of happens. <laughs>
0: And I know this is a really annoying thing to say, but if you had played Dark Souls, you would have been so grateful for how many of those shrines there are. Like, the shrine's everywhere. I'd get to another shrine, I'd be like, I just just had a shrine shrine just back there why are you giving me another shrine already like in dark souls the bonfires are so far away from each other that like the further you get away from one like it's just a, a creeping sense of dread it's like maybe there's a bonfire around the corner but probably not and then there isn't and it's like oh i've got to just keep pushing forwards because i'm far enough now and then you lose all your progress so it's a so so much more forgiving like for, for me personally like i want more dread and more isolation and more terror like, if if I was designing the game, I wouldn't have fast travel, because I, I just feel like it takes away so much of that um, sense of, like, exploration and, like, movement through a game world.
1: Oh, mate. I, I understand, and in any normal game, I think you'd have an argument. In this game, I think I'd have quit within minutes if it forced me to move manually. Especially because there are weird little, again, game design decisions that... Um, you keep having to go back to the dilapidated temple, which is kind of your starting area, where there's this mm-hmm. guy who upgrades your prosthetic. So you basically have your arm chopped off at the beginning of the game, and this guy drags you to safety somehow, and puts a <laughs> old ninja metal arm on you <laughs> that you can fit attachments <laughs> to. Um, and the attachments are usually, ve- like, quite weird. I'm not really sure who came up with these. Firecrackers, <laughs> flame vents, which is just a worse name for a flamethrower. Some sort of uh, throwing stars, which is at least kind of... Fanatic. Shuriken, yeah. Classic. Um, yeah, exactly. But then also some weird stuff like... Um,
0: the axe? An umbrella.
1: A metal umbrella. An axe, yeah.
0: Haven't got to the umbrella yet. Yeah. I had heard about it already. Oh, though.
1: mate. So the umbrella is what I was just about to mention. It's basically, you find a, a little merchant in a piece of incredibly nonsensical storytelling, by the way, <laughs> we'll get onto the story because that deserves its own section. What was he
0: wearing? had a black hat on, short little guy. Hmm, thing is nobody's passed this way at all. The only thing that did look like some kind of animal, a raccoon,
1: maybe a badger, couldn't say for sure. You get to this little badger guy, this little badger merchant is hidden away in the castle. And he bangs on about how many clients he's seeing.
0: Well, I'll be here raking in the profits.
1: All these people who are coming through and buying from him. And you're thinking, who? Who is coming through and buying from you? Not a single person. As far as I can tell from everyone else's dialogue, they've all just been trying to kill you. And then um, you get to him. He's, He's selling this umbrella, this metal umbrella, which is an upgrade for your prosthetic for an extortionate amount of money, or what seems an extortionate amount of money at the beginning of the game. Um, because every time you die, you lose half of it. Half of it. I think so, isn't it? That is pretty brutal, mechanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. Yeah. And you buy this umbrella, and it literally—you just open the umbrella, and it's like having guard up, but better because it doesn't damage your posture. Um, and you can deflect. You can deflect with it. So in in theory, it's quite a good little bit of equipment. Good gadget, yeah. Sounds good. But I didn't find myself really. I didn't really use it. Which is true of so many of the gadgets. The main one I found myself using all the time was firecrackers, because it kind of gives Mm. you a temporary stun on bosses. Um, And flame vent a little bit as well on, like, the drunken Juzu, or whatever his name is. Mm -hmm. You can throw oil on them and yeah oh mate I'm honestly as I'm remembering this game there are so many little micro irritations coming to the surface
0: I feel like I'm bubbling up this is one thing I was thinking that you'd you'd bring up is just how difficult it is to use items like you do actually get quite a lot of items but it's so difficult to use them because it's like but you're not you're not meant to be able to use them easily like it doesn't want you to be able to just like chuck loads of oil around or like eat some sugar so that your your defense is up like it wants you to be like scrambling around with the controller being like i can't do it quick enough help me it wants you to not think about all of that stuff so much maybe use like maybe one or two items or prepare and maybe do something like it wants your entire focus to be on the enemy movements and the enemy attack patterns and parrying at the right time and dodging at the right time like that's where your focus should be at all times and i love that The items themselves, the game makes them so rare
1: that when you get them, you think, oh, this is really good. I've got this item. And then you use it and then you die and it's gone.
0: (laughs) Just like real life. They
1: hardly ever give you items. And then when you get them, you're all excited that it's going to give you some sort of advantage that you then just immediately squander. And they're really expensive to buy in uh, merchants and that kind of stuff the
0: things which, which actually count are the, the prayer the prayer beads from bosses and the memories from bosses because those are the ones that improve your stats that that's where your focus should be isn't it not on all these little treasures yeah. <laughs> uh, go on then story
1: give us a summary because i had very little idea beyond you're given this little kid to look after and a bad general takes him and you have to bring him back
0: the young lord. Yeah, I uh, I mean I'm probably not far enough through the story to be able to give a particularly good summary, but something to do with magic blood and, and <laughs> everyone's and everyone's flesh rotting the more you die.
1: Oh, we didn't even mention that mechanic. Go on, explain, oh, explain that. that mechanic. The the punishment. Not only does the game <laughs> hate, like encourage you to die as often as possible, it then punishes you. Yeah. So,
0: like we said before, um, you lose you lose half of your coins and half of your experience every time you die. But there is a chance upon death. It's called unseen aid, which means that you won't lose the thing and that you lose that stuff. And it starts off at thirty percent, but then once you've died a few times it ports you back to the temple and it says like oh what's going on here things have changed the chance of you having unseen aid is decreased and then the person that's helping you the sculptor is like coughing it turns out he's really ill so it turns out the more you die the more every all the other characters in the game get ill and the less likely you are to keep your money and experience on death
1: yeah and the explanation for this is that um, basically it costs uh, life energy you know, oh. to keep resurrecting you. And so they drain everyone else of their life energy in order to keep yeah. resurrecting you, basically. But I mean, I didn't actually encounter this, but I've heard it can literally kill NPCs.
0: <laughs> really? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, in a From Software game, I never touched the NPCs because in Dark Souls, like you kill them and they're gone forever. That NPC ain't coming yeah. back. So I just I'm I'm care- I'm really careful wrapping them up in cotton wool.
1: Yeah, well, me too. I...
0: Can you kill them? Did you try? No, I didn't try. <laughs> you to didn't kill try. It, no way. I love that. I love that though, because you you know the the risk. <laughs> it wasn't the risk of failure. It was real.
1: It wasn't so much that as I thought they might fight back, and I didn't want to die
0: anymore. <laughs> Fair. Um, but yeah, no, like the plot is thin. It, uh, to be honest, at this at this point with From Software games. How they find excuses for a game in which you die and get resurrected constantly is almost part of the fun in itself. Like it did seem, the plot did theme, seem thin, but that, you know, you know what you're into. I mean,
1: beyond thin. It involves going into people's memories and Beyond stuff.
0: thin. <laughs> Seriously, it was translucent. Yeah, the memories actually. <laughs> but that's where my biggest critiques of the game would come in, um, is that one of their strongest things is sense of place and sense of traversal um of the environment and like being able to see where where you're going to be and then later on in the game being in that place and being able to look back and see where you've come from like so physically i love that but the dreams completely remove that idea because it's just you know a complete different area ported into like a standard Mm. game so i wasn't wasn't that into that aspect of it But when
1: you talk about traversing the terrain and maneuverability and all that stuff I feel like it's quite clunky, like the animations, the graphics, like nothing seems that smooth. It all seems a bit sort of stilted in a way that like if you compare a similar mechanic in Just Cause or Assassin's
0: Creed or Shadow of Mordor, maybe. Yeah,
1: or Shadow of Mordor. There's a real fluidity to those games where, you know, you are launching yourself with a grapple up to a high point and it's kind of almost like effortless and fluid. Whereas with this, there's this kind of weird jaggedness to everything. Did you not find that?
0: hmm Uh, not exactly but i i'm i'll definitely have a different point of reference to it like my point my point of reference unfortunately is is Mm. dark souls and that the like you so the movement in that is so awkward um like hilariously awkward that this by comparison felt incredible
1: but the animations take ages as well like even the animation for drinking a potion which, by the way, is infuriating because you're in a battle, yeah. you've just taken a shit ton yeah, of damage, yeah. I love that. and you need to pop a, you need to quaff a potion really quickly, and uh, your character just kind of stands absolutely stock still, and just slowly raises it to his mouth. <laughs> while you're getting pumped. Yeah,
0: you can't just drink up in the middle of a battle. Are you kidding me? What sort of game do you think you're playing? So you
1: run to the other side of the arena and do it, and you're like trying to run away and they're like sacking at you from behind and then they like launch forwards mid drink and you're like, God damn it, give me a respite. Oh
0: yeah. A well timed flask drink is as good is as good as a well timed hit. That's true. You it's
1: lucky <laughs> if you manage to pop a potion without taking a blow. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to mention is, like, we've talked a lot about the difficulty of the bosses, but I checked the Steam achievements for, for it. And um, even the Chained Ogre, which we've already discussed is like arguably the first boss, has only been completed by around nine or ten people who own the game. Uh, nine in ten people who own the game. And when you look at a boss like Lady Butterfly, definitely a really tough boss, only around half of everyone who owns the game has defeated that boss i think that speaks volumes like the number of people buying this game and then just not playing it because it's not a playable
0: game <laughs> yeah that 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 is really interesting for sure i mean i mean a lot of people buy games and don't play them these days but that but usually that's... for a
1: different re- reason than than it's
0: just unplayable yeah and, al- and also not games like yeah i wonder if the statistics would be different for people that bought it for xbox or playstation is surprising for sure Mm. I feel like the fans of this style of game which
1: I'm thinking you're in
0: very much so
1: I'm not sure what the equivalent of Stockholm syndrome is when it comes to gaming but if there is one Sekiro is it I feel like you've been punished by this game relentlessly to such a degree and you've kept going and so you've got this attachment to it, this fondness that you're like, oh, it is worth it. Because if it wasn't worth it, you couldn't live with yourself knowing the torment that you put yourself through.
0: No, it's not. It's um... <sighs> I keep coming back to the, to the musical instrument analogy because learning an instrument is so difficult and so hard. And for tens and tens and tens of hours, hundreds of hours, really, definitely for the violin, you're just shit you're crap at it and you can't do anything and it's and it's and it's horrible and you take little wins where you can but ultimately the thing that you've accomplished is nothing but you get to a point where it's just really satisfying and you're glad that you put in all that effort and that's always the place that i get to with a from software game in a much shorter time span than a musical instrument like it's over it is over tens of hours rather than hundreds of hours
1: i don't think that comparison works though like there's no creativity in a in a from software game, when you're playing it, there just is like true you've enough. got three options. What you're talking about is like learning a scale, and then all the versatility and choice you've got with with musical scales or other musical theory versus learning to attack, parry, dodge, and jump. It's not really comparable.
0: No, but you have different um, you have different things which you don't have with music. You have a goal that you've completed. You have a, a boss that you, which you've defeated. That's the satisfaction. Yeah. Rather than learning a tune, you killed a boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous that you've got to play so much of this game. This should be reversed.
1: <laughs> it should be reversed. I wish I hadn't put forty hours into it. I feel like absolute waste of forty hours.
0: I'm really glad you did though. Like like big big respect for, for doing that, despite the fact that it like clearly wasn't for you. And you would know. You'd know by that at this point. With Dark Souls, it took ten hours for me to be like, actually I love this. Right. But that first 10 hours was just such a struggle and I only went through it because it was rated so highly that I thought it was yeah. worthwhile. Well, that was right. kind
1: of my approach with this. So many people have talked it up, including game reviewers who I really respect. You
0: didn't love the struggle, I can tell. <laughs> I didn't really love really struggle
1: because I feel like you were so excited to talk about it and I just shat on it.
0: <laughs> I kind of thought that maybe you'd liked it more than I was expecting you to because you'd played 40 hours. But yeah, it does, does, doesn't sound like you did particularly.
1: No, but I feel like that I did find it compelling. I think that's why I put in 40 hours. It is so compelling. Because um, so compelling. I quite like the environments. So once you'd mm. made your way it's past the boss, I, like, well, I kept just wanting to unlock the next area, really. I could take or leave the boss fights. Frankly, if there was a story mode, I'd have just played it on story mode. I quite like feeling godlike in a game, like building up my talent trees and basically just crushing everyone around with my superior prowess. This game does not make you feel godlike; it makes you feel ant-like.
0: Yeah, I like the opposite feeling. Like, I like to feel in awe of a game. I like love to feel like an ant.
1: <laughs> yeah, I really want to hear more about what you loved about it because I feel like I just fundamentally don't understand the attraction of these games. I feel like they're a bit half baked, <laughs> in a way that everyone else seems to think that they're like perfectly designed.
0: Half baked. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think that is uh, that is unfair. Like the the sense of adventure and traversal through an environment, a journey which I can track and I can remember all of it, every moment feels significant to me.
1: Because there's not a map, is there? So that's quite important. There's no map, so you actually genuinely do have to remember exactly where you've been and what's there.
0: Yeah, I love feeling like I know a game world inside out. I find that really, really satisfying. And it was, yeah, it was multiplied in this particular game by that grappling hook and having, like being able to go like down through a canyon and then up onto the heights of the castle. I, I really love that, like I've, I felt a big sense of adventure moving through that environment. Defeating the bosses, like I already said, I like to go into them, watch them, like learn their attack patterns and then react to them and hopefully beat them. And I'm making it sound like I'm good at these games. I'm not particularly good at this, these games at all. Guaranteed like most of the bosses will, will have taken us probably around the same number of tries. I just really love spending time with them. Like, I'm almost a little bit sad once I've defeated them that I've never seen them again. Really? They're like my friends. Like that horse guy, yeah. Love him. Oh,
1: wow. That is just fundamentally different approaches. <laughs> well, that's good, because it would be a bit whack if we agreed on every single thing. We wouldn't have anything to talk about. Yeah,
0: it would be. I'm glad we got a game that we, um, that we disagreed on a bit.
1: But having said that, it's quite funny because as I was playing Sekiro, all I could think about was like, what's the next game we're going to play? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so amped for choosing the next game. I was like, shotgun choosing it. I'm not playing another bloody Souls-like.
0: And we have got one, which is going to, Oh, well, it is, sounds like it's going to be significantly easier. Uh, Walson, yeah. Is it Walson? No idea how to pronounce this. Uh... <laughs> Walson. Walson, Walken. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just read that one little preview, and I thought, ah, this sounds like a good antidote to a From Software game. Yeah,
1: I think, and I've I've booted it up and and been. Uh, well, I won't I won't give any spoilers ahead of ahead of uh-huh. game. It, what's quite funny is actually, normally we have to give a little spoiler warning during our discussions, but there's just nothing to spoil. Nothing to spoil. <laughs> nothing to spoil. And also, neither of no, us got true. far enough Although, to spoil anything. You know, like...
0: Yeah, that's true. Um I am I'm definitely going to carry on playing it though as much as I can. But I probably won't be like playing it for an hour before bed like i have been to try and like cram it as much as i can so i'll probably just binge yeah. it like on a weekend sometimes so
1: Wolfson what's what's the this is another one with a funny little tag isn't it what's it called
0: like lord of helms deep or something you're kidding me just get rid of the, everything after the colon just don't Lords it of in.
1: mayhem Wilson lords of mayhem you're kidding me
0: lords of mayhem what are the what are the <laughs> namers of these games on?
1: <laughs> i think they're just trolling us i think they're just having a laugh uh, we'll oh, find out anyway yeah
0: it's a diablo like so it should it should be a lot of fun oh, but the other reason i was thinking we can't we play it together can't we play it, do a bit of co-op oh uh, we can yeah
1: we definitely can that'd be a good idea that would be a brilliant idea might be a bit tricky given our time difference for those of you who don't know i'm in australia and i'm in the uk <laughs> uh thanks for listening everybody until next time I promise I'll do my best to be more elated about the game. I do like games, I swear.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're not just a chore for you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just think of Disco Elysium. I love that one.
0: (laughs) They're not just an excuse so you can spend time with me on this podcast, are they? No,
1: not just that.
0: 40 hours, a bit extreme. (laughs) (laughs) Right, I'll see you later, mate. All
1: right, see you later. Right, well, that's the end of the podcast. (laughs)
0: Podcast, I guess we could just talk normally now
1: it was one of those games mate the whole time i was playing it's the worst one we've done so far in terms of like all i wanted to do was give you a call and be like mate this is how talk me down from the precipice